Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Charlotte Crabtree. I loved interviewing her. Charlotte is a career performance coach. She helps mid-level professionals build successful, satisfying careers, find fulfillment, expand their opportunities, and lead with integrity. We go into so many cool things in this interview from her career journey and what inspired her to step into this place of helping people find these satisfying careers. We go into, do you need to change your job or is there something you need to change within yourself? We go into her love journey and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there amazing thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to be here 
So my 20s, my goodness. I would probably summarise the entirety of my 20s as a bit of a shit show, to be fair. My career... So I got my first kind of, I would say, real job, like career job after I finished university. I think I was 21 at the time. And it wasn't really until I changed career about a job popped times throughout my 20s. And each time I was looking for more recognition, more respect, more responsibility, all that kind of thing. I was working my butt off in a job that I had trained to do I did my um university degree was in event management and so I went into event management within pharmaceutical companies medical communications agencies kind of industry and it's a very demanding job so I felt very passionate about it I knew that I was very good at it but maybe it was naivety maybe it was just the fact that I I feel like they don't teach you in school some really important stuff like how to believe in yourself and how to be confident and how to carry yourself and how to respect yourself and how that influences the way that other people treat. And it all starts with how you treat yourself. So I think for a lot of my 20s, I was a huge people pleaser, huge perfectionist. I was give, 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 and then wondering why I wasn't getting anything back. So I had a lot of angst, a lot of anxiety. I had times where I was dealing with depression And I think this probably relates to a lot of people because, you know, when we hit our 20s, we are fresh out of this structured life where, you know, our parents raise us and they tell us what to do. We go to school, college, university, there's people telling us what's expected of us, how to behave, how to do this, giving us deadlines, things like that. And then all of a sudden we're thrown into the working world and it's kind of a free for all. And we're just kind of set off to do what we're supposedly qualified to do but we've never really learned how to interact with other can be quite difficult as well like when you're suddenly working with people that are a lot older than you or have been doing the job for a lot longer there's all sorts of different dynamics at play which just really throw throw a lot of shit at us really that we then have to learn how to deal with by ourselves because there's nobody there to teach us how to do it so yeah, for me, my 20s were a huge learning curve. They were nothing like I expected, but they have absolutely shaped the person that I have become today. And I think the real turning point for me was when I just decided that I wanted more from what I was getting out of life. I think sometimes we have these moments where we think, is this all there is? Like, maybe this is it for me. Maybe this is, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing everything that I was supposed to do, everything that everyone's always told me is expected of me. So I guess this is just, you know, the the hand that I've been dealt. And I think the turning point for me was probably when I was like having a sick day and watching like a romantic comedy on Netflix or something like that. And I was like, I want that. I want that movie love. I want that passion. Like I want that excitement, that adventure. And why shouldn't I? Like, Surely if it's available to anyone, it should be available to everyone. And that was really the turning point for me in terms of, I guess, the start of my personal development journey. And I left my boyfriend at the time. I moved home and changed kind of like everything about my lifestyle, gave up what probably most people would describe as, you know, a, a perfect life from the outside and just kind of really started again. And the one thing I didn't change at the time was my job and so I really kind of put a lot of focus on that and and looking at what 
what I wanted to get out of it. I didn't want to keep moving and changing. I didn't want to start again. I didn't think that there would be very many opportunities in the location wise where my parents lived so I kind of stuck with it and thought right I'm just going to focus on one thing at a time and build things back up I'm going to be more independent I'm going to get my own house I'm going to make the most of the opportunities I have with this job and we'll see what else life brings in yeah and it was really at that point that I just started to realize that it was down to me my life was going to be down to me and what I what I have and what I experience and how much I enjoy it is going to be how much I make of it and what I put into it. And it's really not anyone else's responsibility to make me happy. I have to do that for myself first and then everything else kind of falls into place. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, <laughs> what was that movie for you? Oh my God, I can't remember. <laughs> what was It was probably like, it, I, it was probably Twilight, let's be real. <laughs> like absolutely burning unconditional love. I was like, somebody loved me like that. And then I was like, oh no, I've got to love myself like that. That's <laughs> beautiful how it just takes a movie or a person or like some sort of example for us. And then we realize that's possible for our lives too. And I'm curious, since then, have you manifested that love in your life? Oh, Absolutely. And it didn't take that long, which is, which is pretty amazing. So it was probably a year later, maybe a little bit less. And I met my current partner and he was on paper, everything that I thought that I didn't want. Like he was in the military and I'd always said, no, I'm not gonna, not gonna date someone who's in the military. But I was just in this place where I was like, well, we'll just see, I just had a good feeling about him. And I wasn't really, because I wasn't banking on other people making me happy or needing a boyfriend I was just kind of like okay well we'll meet him he's cute we'll see and you know it's four years later and he's just moved in and (laughs) he's left the army and you know yeah I, I think when you are able to kind of surrender a little bit and you know create the create the behaviors that you want to be putting out in the world and respecting yourself you just become more of a magnet for the things that you want and the things that fit you Mm. and was that hard like dating someone in the military like were you guys long distance for a while how do you guys like keep that communication and that love alive we yeah so he was he was at a couple of different bases so at some points he was an hour away and at some points he was three hours away. But generally our entire relationship up until literally a couple of weeks ago when he moved in has been, we see each other on weekends. So it's kind of been really nice because we've always had that space from each other to have our own lives in the week. And then we always have had like dedicated time for each other at the weekend. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's difficult when you don't get to see them whenever you want to, but it has made that time that we've had together for a really long time as well like really special and I think we've kind of gone you know through the honeymoon phase and like it's been quite a long time so we have had this routine and and kind of had these commitments to each other work so that now we still know what it feels like to make the effort with each other if that makes sense so we only saw each other at weekends, but we spoke on like we video called every night. So it would be like, just like get into bed, video call, say goodnight, and then it's sleep time. And it kind of fit really nicely into our routine, but also meant that we've always talked about our days. And I think when you spend a lot of time with someone, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of, 
you know what's kind of happened in their day so you don't talk so much so being very intentional with our conversations and how we spend our time together has been really good for us I think were you always at this place where you were open to going against what you thought you wanted or going against what you thought you needed or was that part of your personal development journey of like maybe I need a different career or maybe I could expand my options or maybe I can look at different men than I'm used to what was that opener for you I definitely would say it's something that I still have to work on every day. Personal development is definitely a journey, not a destination. I used to be a huge control freak, a massive, massive perfectionist. And I kind of thought I always have kind of lived my life with a very masculine energy, like, you know, girl boss, like have to show authority, have to be powerful. We have to stand up and be equal and things like that. And it's only much more recently that I've actually learned the beauty of the feminine energy and how much easier life feels when you can go with the flow and you can allow other people to help you and you can allow other people to support you. So yeah, for me, I definitely always used to try and control things and I think that was one of the things that actually used to really frustrate me at work because I would always be trying to share an idea and then force it through you know and I would always be trying to convince people that it was I mean obviously my idea is the best idea but I need you to agree with me I need you to get on board I need everybody to to you know kind of validate me and my ideas so as I kind of grew in my career, I I mentioned that I changed jobs a few times. And every time I did, I managed to get like a a higher level job. So I was gradually taking on more and more line management responsibility. And it took me a really long time actually to develop a leadership style for my team that works to actually support them and get the best out of them and feel good for me. So at the beginning, I was doing a lot of like process improvements and things like that and, and trying to help them one of the big struggles in, in the industry that I've come from is uh, time management. There's always like a lack of resource. Everything's always super busy. Clients are really demanding. So I was always trying to help them by telling them how I do it. And I would always be like sharing my wisdom and sharing my ideas. And I would get frustrated when people didn't kind of take on what I was giving them. And it took me a really long time to realize that actually we are all so different. You know, we all know that there's different personality types and different star signs and there's human design and there's accountability styles and there's all these different things that we know exist. But until you really accept that everybody is different and everybody's experience of every moment is different. Like you and I could have the exact same experience and feel totally differently about it. So it wasn't really until I embraced that and started listening to people and trying to understand what worked for them that I could really kind of help them more. And it's just kind of been a gradual process of going with the flow and letting things happen and kind of picking your battles and knowing what what you need to stand up for and what you need to let go for a peaceful life. And what did your journey look like, like going from all these different jobs? Now you're be, now you're coaching people on their careers. What was that start for you? What made you realize I want to help people through their transitions to find a career that they love? I think as I kind of grew through these positions with with managing more people, I realized that I was actually a lot more passionate. I, I found I found looking after people, as it were, a lot more rewarding than 
putting on events and changing like it's, it was difficult for me I think especially with with this kind of masculine energy that I've always had I've always been really good at time management really good at processes really good at efficiencies like I'm a total spreadsheet nerd but actually what I find rewarding and enjoyable is supporting other people so once I kind of found better ways of working with people found better ways of helping them that that made them feel better I just realized that that was what I needed to be focusing on so for a long time I was in an operations manager role an account director role as well where I I had a team of 16 people and that was great because my main focus was looking after teams and also looking after clients so really just looking after people in general I went through burnout a few times in my career just from the sheer volume of work and the expectations and kind of the lack of people culture and so during my last burnout I would say I I had this moment where I was like I don't want to do this kind of work anymore I want to get into the wellness industry and I you know just kind of explored different options so I investigated things like working with essential oils and I did a massage course and and then then I kind of found um, coaching and did my first life coaching certification and I thought I don't know where this is going and I don't know what I'm going to be and I don't know what I can do with this and I don't know how I can monetize this but this just feels better and I feel like we need more of this in the world and so I kind of went from exploring that kind of in the in the sidelines and at the same time moved jobs I went from an account director role in a pharmaceutical in the pharmaceutical industry into an operations manager role in the events industry so the clients there were more kind of tech so it was an industry change but still the same kind of stresses and struggles of the teams and it was it was a real opportunity for me to kind of reflect and think about what I've been learning on the side and integrating that with what I was doing in my kind of nine to five and then obviously the pandemic hit and life changed for everybody as we know and it just kind of became an opportunity that presented itself to me to take this full time so I did another coaching certification I started working with a business coach and it all just kind of fell together and so it's been like a year now and it's just everything just feels right if that makes sense so I'm doing what I love. I'm able to be independent. So I'm completely objective with all my clients that I work with because I'm not helping them from a position of also having to have the company's best interest at heart, if that makes sense. I mean, a lot of the work that we do ultimately works out great for the company because my clients tend to just learn to learn to adapt and adjust and make changes that mean what their current situation looks like works a lot better for them so many clients will come to me thinking that they hate their job and they want to leave and they want to do something else and by the end of it they think actually I just needed to change this and I just needed to adjust the relationship that I had with my boss or my co-workers or my clients whatever it is that's frustrating them there's often a way of just kind of adjusting adjusting your perspective changing your approach changing your behavior and kind of building a strategy and and routines and and just kind of the way that you approach things can dramatically change the results that you get and the response that you get from different people 
So I, I said to you before we started recording, a lot of my clients are people pleasers. So one of the main things that I work on with most of my clients is actually learning how to put themselves first and how to say no and set boundaries so that they don't become overwhelmed and so that they can build better relationships, relationships where people do respect them, do respect their time, do understand the value that they bring. But like with my own journey, it comes from learning to have that respect for themselves first. And how are you able to help people tell the difference between it's time to leave this job versus it's time to change your perspective of this job? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think when it comes to changing jobs, it's really important to think about your motivations for leaving. So if you left the job, would you feel regret? Would you would you miss the people that you worked with? Would you miss the kind of work that you're doing? Would you miss the company? Or would you feel free? Would you feel aligned with your sole purpose? And I think it can be really difficult, especially, especially when people haven't done a lot of this work before. It's spiritual and it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. But I, I think whatever you believe in, whatever your faith is, however you practice, whether you have a spiritual bone in your body or not, you know if something feels right or it doesn't. So I would say if you're thinking about leaving your job, think about where you want to go. If you're leaving and you have no idea what you want to do and you're just leaving to escape something, that's a, a flag to kind of say, well, hang on a second, let's look at it. What are we escaping? How is it making us feel? What would we love to be different? If this thing was different, would we love where we are? And if so, that's an indicator that you've got things that you can work on. Because the other thing is, when you when you change jobs or change career or, or just kind of change plans in general, because you're moving away from something that's causing you pain or frustration or anger or hurt, it can... I completely lost my train of thought. Hold on. What was your original question? So my original question was, how can you tell the difference between it's time to change jobs yeah. and it's time to change your perspective? What was I saying? Oh, I know. Okay. So when you're changing your job because you're moving away from something that's, that's causing you hurt or anger or frustration, then the chances are that thing is going to follow you. So if it's somebody speaks to you, if it's a way that something or somebody makes you feel that trigger is going to follow you until you heal it. So let's say, for example, you really struggle to speak up in meetings at work. You are surrounded by people that you feel are more experienced than you, older than you, shout louder than you, you know, make you feel intimidated or make you just think that you're not as intelligent or not as smart or not as deserving of being there and having an opinion or that your your opinion won't be taken seriously. If you leave your job because that's your struggle, you will have that same struggle in the next job, whatever it is, whether it's a different industry, a different company, a different role entirely, that same thing will trigger you in any environment because it's within yourself. So when you're when you're feeling that and you're in that situation, you're looking for this external validation of your worth from other people. So you're looking for other people to tell you, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, you're smart. Yeah, you deserve to be here. But you need to know that for yourself. And that comes from within that comes from developing self-belief, practicing confidence and gratitude 
And when you feel in yourself, and, and there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. It's not about going up there and having absolutely nothing behind you and no justification or rationale or reasoning and just kind of saying, you have to listen to me because I say so. It's, you know, going into things with a learning mindset and thinking, you know, I might get this wrong, but that's okay because that doesn't devalue me as a person. And I'm here to learn and I'm here to grow because I mean, how boring would life be if you already knew everything? If you were the best at everything in your twenties, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? So the, the best opportunity that you can give yourself to get to the top and to grow is to learn and just be a sponge and put yourself out there and say, it doesn't matter if I get this wrong. It doesn't matter if you don't like my idea, but look for that feedback and understand where it comes from and know that there's a difference between your experience and what you know and your worth and deserving of being there. And if you had to say one thing that you think people in their 20s struggle with when it comes to career, what would you think that one main thing would be? I think for most people, it is self-belief. And I think that comes from, like I mentioned earlier, we're never kind of taught how to treat ourselves, how to talk to ourselves. And we get thrown into this world that is so unknown and we feel very alone. And there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of parental pressure a lot of the time there's a lot of expectations that we set ourselves based on what we think we should be achieving and it's very very easy to fall into a cycle of you know the inner critic it's very easy to get something wrong or have something have somebody tell you that they don't agree with you or they don't like your idea or you know to be quiet or that you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be in that place or you did something wrong and immediately go into a thought pattern of oh you're such an idiot or why did you say that or don't do that again and it just kind of starts to knock our confidence and take it down and down and down to the point where we then look for that external validation in everything that we do and if we don't do it if we don't get it then it kind of becomes a vicious cycle So I would say the biggest thing that people in their 20s struggle with is self-belief, whether they realize it already or not. If you find that you are anxious, if you are struggling with certain relationships at work, if you are in a habit of, you know, people pleasing and saying yes to everything, if, if your boss or your coworker or your friend or your parents ask you for something, whether you have the time and the energy to do it or not if we're saying yes and we're always giving more than we're taking it's a it's an indication that our self-belief and our self-worth isn't where it could be to enable us to thrive and let's say someone's going through a season where they just lost their job they had all this identity attached to their job and thought that was everything what tips or what advice would you give them to maybe make that a bit easier on themselves I would use it as an opportunity to reconnect with yourself is we spend so much of our lives at work. It's like a third of our lives. We say we have eight hours sleep, eight hours at work, eight hours to ourselves. That's a third. And that's probably not realistic. Like calling a spade a spade, especially in our twenties. And we do have this kind of extra drive and passion to kind of make our mark. We probably spend a lot more time working, a lot more time thinking about work and a lot less time sleeping. So 
it's very natural for us to form this identity with our careers. So whether, whether you are still employed and feeling like you've lost your identity outside of work or whether you've just lost your job and you're feeling a little bit lost and who am I and what do I do now? What I would suggest is to just take some time to yourself to think about who you are, what you want. And it sounds quite obvious to just kind of say it like that. Well, think about it. Who are you? What do you want? But we actually very rarely give ourselves that time to sit and reflect on these things. One of the first things that I do with pretty much all of my clients is have them start taking some time every morning to reflect. So whether they want to spend that time meditating, doing yoga, or just journaling, actually allocating even as little as five minutes every morning to just be with yourself and not think about anything else that's going on in the world and just think about you and how you feel today and recognize any thoughts that are going through your head that might not be helpful and think about, you know, setting an intention. You know, if I could do one thing for myself today, what would that thing be? It's a really great way to just very organically come to realize who you are and what you want out of life and you know I could easily say you know get a hobby and you know find something that you just love to do but I think it I think it starts with just thinking about what's going to make you happy like don't start a hobby just because you feel like you should don't start exercising more because you feel like you should don't start a a new course or try and learn something else because you feel like you should think about what do you want in your highest in your highest self, if you never had to work a day in your life, what would you spend your time doing? If you were just living in your absolute bliss, what would you spend your time doing? And I think just spending, I do 20 minutes of meditation at least every morning, but that's a lot for people that don't do that all the time. So if you can just give yourself five minutes every day as a non-negotiable before you do anything else before you pick up your phone before you go out in the world and have other people like putting their expectations on you just five minutes to just be with yourself get to know yourself like almost like you're on a date with yourself and just ask yourself what they like what they're into can be quite revealing Mm. is there any exercises you have for maybe someone just getting out of college doesn't have an idea of like where they want to go, where they want to apply, what type of career they want to go into. Is there any type of exercises you have for someone like that? I would say fresh out of college and looking for a career to start in. I would do some journaling work. So asking yourself questions like, what do I enjoy? What lights me up? When do I feel my best? Like, when am I at my best? And think about, you could even do some of the personality tests that we talked about earlier, like um, 16 personalities is a great one. Four tendencies is a great one. Human design is kind of a whole other area, but really interesting and worth digging into. There's a lot of reading that you can do around that. And those kinds of things will give you an idea of, the types of roles that you would enjoy. So like if you are particularly introverted, you're probably going to enjoy a role that allows you to kind of get your head down and get some work done and produce something. Whereas if you're more extroverted, you're going to enjoy being in a busier environment. So extroverts really draw energy from interacting with other people. So something team-based, something where you're going to be out and about chatting with people, bouncing ideas off people and things like that is a really good way of 
identifying the the type of role in terms of like the activity you'd be doing every day and when it comes to like industries I think it's really important to align yourself with something that you're interested in so whether that's something that you studied whether it's something that you've always wanted to study whether it's something you feel passionate about you can really find a career in anything and you can really I mean essentially monetize anything so I mean gone are the days where to be successful you have to get a corporate office job and wear a suit and work nine to five and go home at the end of it like the more that we integrate with our careers especially when we have this sense of identity with our jobs and have a passion for it the more important it is to be doing something that you feel passionate about and connected with so whether that's in the role that you do and you just really enjoy what you do day to day or whether it's kind of connecting to a higher purpose just really thinking about what lights you up and again, kind of like when you're when you're thinking about who you are as separate from your career and what you enjoy and what lights you up, think about how you can find a career that integrates with that too. I would also say people starting fresh from fresh out of college, finding a mentor, talking to people in industry, looking at people that have been really successful and whether that's people that you know within your family whether it's like a brand that you really admire or you know a politician or you know somebody who's a kind of industry example is really helpful and you you don't need to go in with any kind of expectations you don't need to be asking them for a favor you don't need to be asking them for an inroad or anything like that but actually the more people that you talk to the more you'll get a feel for what different industries are like and different roles and different kind of ways of connecting with purpose so i would say if you're not sure the best thing you can do is ask questions and what are your thoughts on like the first job we have the first job that we have, what do you think that should be? Do you think it should be like more of a job we see ourselves doing for the rest of our life? Do you think it should be like more of an internship, more of a learning opportunity? Like, how do you think we should like view this first job or maybe like take a bit of the pressure off of it? Cause we might evolve from that first job. Yeah, I would say Exactly like you just said, actually, just actively take the pressure off it. So don't take a job for the sake of it. Never take a job that you don't see what you would get out of it. Only ever take a job where you can see either that you're just going to really enjoy it and you're just going to want to be there. Or there's something that you know that you'll be able to take away from it, whether it's exposure to something, whether it's a certain type of experience, whether it's a skill that you're going to be able to learn. I want to say like in our 20s is when we have that time to like go and explore and see what we like and try different things. And that's totally true. But at the same time, it's never too late to change what you're doing. You hear stories of people that kind of have a midlife crisis at at 40 or 50 and then they completely change what they're doing and they have more success than they've ever known in their entire lives. And it, it just really depends on your journey. But I think the more that you open your mind and the more you expose yourself to in terms of experiences, different people, the more you're going to understand who you are and what you want and what you're good at as well and what you find rewarding and what fits into the kind of life that you want to live. So I would treat everything as exploring, really. Every every experience that we have, we learn something from. We, we Our brains change every single day with every interaction that we have we learn something new so 
don't feel tied down don't feel like you have to stick with something because that's a decision that you've made like your prerogative will always be to change your mind I would just say don't waste time and of all the personal development work that you've done and all the practices and all the trainings you've done if you had to narrow it down to maybe two things that really changed your life more than anything else what would those two things be the first one would be learning to ask for what I need which is still something that I work on every day. But I realized that I have been going through life expecting people to know what I need and give it to me and then constantly being disappointed when I don't get it, either because my needs are not their priority, which they shouldn't be, or because they don't know what I need and why should they if I haven't told them? So that was a huge, huge breakthrough for me. What would the second one be? I think the second one would be the learning mindset that I talked about and just really kind of shifting that perspective of going from having to be right to it being more important that we get it right, however that happens, and contributing to a conversation rather than having to show up as the expert in all situations. And I'd love to dive deeper into asking for what you need. How do you shift that? Or how were you worried at the beginning when you started asking for what you need? Is this too much? Do I ask for too much? Am I being too much by asking for this? Or do you have any thoughts like that come up when you started to do that? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Because I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit more complex than, you know, hearing you should ask for what you need more and being like okay I'll go and ask for what I need like there's a lot more that goes into it in terms of like understanding where I haven't been asking and looking at it from just like a human perspective and and how I think so I started with writing down a list of times when I've asked for my needs to be met and they haven't and times where I haven't asked my needs to be met and that was really really kind of enlightening for me to see these examples and the examples that I wrote down were never things that were unreasonable because I think if you're honest with yourself you know what you need and you know what you want and one of my kind of favorite things I used to share with my team a few years ago was the red face test and it mainly applied to things like expenses at work so like if you bought this thing and charge it to your expenses and somebody challenged you on it that's just an example and somebody challenged you on it and said hey why did you buy this would your face go red like would you feel embarrassed by having done that and being caught out or would you say no like that's fair I needed that and I think that's kind of a good starting point for understanding what it is that you need like are you being unreasonable I don't think that I would be ashamed to justify why I need that so I need it and it shows up in so many different ways and it can be like really kind of fundamental things like you know I need to I need you to listen to me in a relationship I need to feel heard or as small as I need you to get my coffee right And a really funny example of this, this was one of the first things that happened to me since I started doing this work was I asked, so I went and ordered a coffee somewhere and it wasn't a straightforward order. It was like, like a decaf coconut cappuccino. And I said to the girl on the till, like, so you've got that that's decaf, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and it's coconut. She's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's not, you know, it's not coming up on the till. And she's like, oh no, I can't put that on the till, but I'm going to have, I'm going to go and tell the guy that's going to make it. And I was like, okay, you know, trust you. That's fine. (laughs) You do your thing. And then the guy made the coffee, passed it to me. And I was like, this is decaf and coconut, right? And he's like, oh no. And I was like, in my head, I was like, 
okay, here's the choice. Here's the choices that I have. Do I, number one, this is what I would used to do. Just be like, oh, okay, don't worry about it. And then have like the jitters because I'd had caffeine and an upset stomach because I'd had cow's milk. Or I can get really annoyed and be like, I told her, I told her so many times, like, why can't you just get it right and just kind of explode? Or I can just say, okay, cool. Can you remake it? Because that's what I asked for which is what I did. And he was like, yeah, like, no problem. Here you go. And I was like, thanks. And I think it's it's that kind of awareness of like a positive way to react and also understanding that it's not, things aren't the end of the world and it's okay and it's safe to ask for what you need. And you deserve to have what you need. You at least deserve to ask for what you need because we all have that, you know, we are all equal human beings and we all deserve respect and love and to be happy and the only way that I believe we can truly have all of those is by starting by asking for what we need Mm -hmm. and what's something that you're really excited about right now in the world in life in business anything (laughs) anything in your life for me I so I have just come back from two weeks off on holiday. So my boyfriend moved in, he left the army. We had a couple of weeks off together. And over that time, I didn't do anything, any work on my business at all. And I've really kind of just been hit with inspiration and clarity. And my, up until now, I've kind of very much been focusing on helping people find more satisfaction in their jobs, which is great and works really well. And I'm having great results with clients, but it just hit me that actually I can serve a lot more people when I focus on the fact that most of my clients are people pleasers, like I mentioned. So actually bringing a lot more kind of personal development and spirituality and kind of teaching people how to put themselves first as the kind of forefront of what I do with my clients and that I'm finding really exciting so it's a lot more kind of mindset there's still always like actions and strategies that we can put in place depending on what the goal is that we want to achieve but actually working with people on the same kind of journey that I've been through is really really exciting for me so I'm really excited to see where it goes. And what's something that you're learning right now? I'm learning, still learning, relearning that going with the flow is totally okay. So I think we chatted before we started recording and I was saying, this is the first podcast interview I've done where I haven't prepared any questions and I have no idea what you're going to ask me and where this conversation is going to go, but I'm just going to go with it. And this has been one of the best ones that I've done. This has been so much fun. (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) and when people look at you or when people look at your content or your videos what's something you think they don't realize about you that you'd like to tell them I think a lot of people say to me oh like you're so confident you put yourself out there on social media like you know what you're talking about in these videos and they really resonate and things like that and I love that but I think they don't realize how much work I've done to get to a point where I feel good doing that. And also that I still get nervous and it's okay to be nervous. And I think, you know, for me doing podcast interviews like this, going live on social media, doing stories and things like that, it's not, it's not a natural thing for me. So I'm an introvert. And so it takes a lot of my energy. Like after this, I'll probably just go and have a nap or something like I'm going to go and like chill, chill out. But I, but 
it's really good for me to do it and I love doing it and also the thing is that it's more important that I get this message out there and if I can help people that I do that is more important than me feeling nervous about something so I am confident I am brave but I have my own insecurities and I still get nervous about stuff yeah so that's me secret me (laughs) (laughs) And I have a final question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, I want you to imagine you're at the dining room table with her. You don't have to talk to her if you don't want to, but you're sitting across the table from her. What would you want to say or what would you want to do in that moment? I would tell her that I love her and I would give her a hug. I love that. That's all she needed. That's all she needed. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me and making this so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And where can we connect with you online? So um, all the information about me, my story, the programs that I run, how you can work with me is at my website, charlottecrabtree.com. If you want to connect with me on socials, I'm on Instagram at Career Talk with Charlotte. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.